Grissom, and this is Applying God's Word, a teaching ministry from the Word of God. This is study number 82, titled, The Lord's Love for Us and Through Us, Part 2. In our last study, we were learning from the Apostle John about God's love for us and what that love produces in us. Let's continue with the passage of Scripture we studied last time. The full passage we've been learning from is found in 1 John chapter 4, verse 7 through chapter 5, verse 5. Today we'll continue with verse 16 in chapter 4 of 1 John, verse 16. And so we know and rely on the love God has for us. God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God, and God in him. In this way, love is made complete among us, so that we will have confidence on the day of judgment, because in this world we are like him. There is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear, because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. We love because he first loved us. If anyone says, I love God, yet hates his brother, he is a liar. For anyone who does not love his brother whom he has seen cannot love God whom he has not seen. And he has given us this command, whoever loves God must also love his brother. Everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God, and everyone who loves the Father loves his child as well. This is how we know that we love the children of God by loving God and carrying out his commands. This is love for God, to obey his commands, and his commands are not burdensome. For everyone born of God overcomes the world. This is the victory that has overcome the world, even our faith. Who is it that overcomes the world? Only he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. So today, let's have a look at the experience of God's love and what God's love produces in us. First, we see that God's love for us produces love for one another. John makes the point about loving one another over and over again throughout this letter. Let's look again at these key verses from this passage. Verse 20 and 21. If anyone says, I love God, yet hates his brother, he is a liar. For anyone who does not love his brother, whom he has seen, cannot love God, whom he has not seen. And he has given us this command, whoever loves God must also love his brother. So verse 20 and 21 gives us a simple test of self-examination. Our love for each other has got to be more than just words out of our mouth. It has to be flowing from the love of God within us to produce actions based on truth. This, however, is not instantaneous. It is a process of God's transforming power in our lives. As we grow in our understanding of God's love, and as we continually receive God's love through the process of sanctification, His love will produce a deeper love for others within us. So, how is your love for others? 
This doesn't mean just doing what someone wants. This means a willingness to be self-sacrificing. Being self-sacrificing is something that requires great strength. It is not a sign of weakness. Jesus was never weak in character, but was self-sacrificing for the greater good of mankind as well as individuals. As we rely on God's love, he will strengthen us to love others in a self-sacrificing way. God's love in us not only produces love for others, but God's love for us produces confidence without fear. Let's have another look at verse 16 through 18. And so we know and rely on the love God has for us. God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God, and God in them. This is how love is made complete among us, so that we will have confidence on the day of judgment. In this world, we are like Jesus. There is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear, because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. As God's love enables us to love others, it will bring about a confidence in us because there will be external evidence of God's working through us that helps us to know and be assured of our salvation. It is a confidence and assurance based upon God's work, not our own, but is evidenced through us. There are many people that approach death with fear. There are even some Christians who approach death with fear. We do not need to be afraid. As God's love continues to grow in us, we can have greater confidence because we know and rely more on God than ourselves. But this is a growth process, and we do need to ask ourselves the hard questions sometimes, as in, how is my love for others? If my actions are not loving towards others, what is the issue? If my actions are loving towards some of my brothers and sisters in Christ, why not all? It may be an issue of growth in knowing Christ better. Paul's prayer for the Ephesians addresses this. He says in Ephesians chapter 1, verses 15 through 17, For this reason, ever since I heard about your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints, I have not stopped giving thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. So we see here that they were loving the saints, but Paul's prayer is that they continue to grow in knowing Christ better and loving the saints more. That is growth in Christ. Additionally, God's love for us produces obedience to his commands. 1 John 5 verses 1 through 5. Everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God, and everyone who loves the Father loves his child as well. This is how we know that we love the children of God, by loving God and carrying out his commands. This is love for God, to obey his commands, and his commands are not burdensome. For everyone born of God overcomes the world. This is the victory that has overcome the world even our faith.
Who is it that overcomes the world? Only he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. Jesus cannot be overpowered by darkness, we read in John chapter 1, verse 5. And he has defeated the powers of this world, we read in John 16, verse 33. Believers are not to be overcome by evil, but to overcome evil with good, we are told in Romans chapter 12, verse 21. Believers have overcome both the evil one and evil spirits. 1 John 4, verse 4, and 1 John 2, verses 13 and 14. Christians are not left weak and defenseless in spiritual battles. On the contrary, those battles are already won by Christ. So how do believers overcome the world? Verse 5 gives us a more direct explanation. By believing in Jesus as the Son of God. And in verse 4, John simply refers to faith as our victory. The faith of the believer is the victory that overcomes. As God's love continues to work in us, we realize that everything God wants us to do is because he loves us and wants the very best for us. Knowing this, feeling this, experiencing this love of God will continue to help us live in obedience to his commands. So notice that love for one another, confidence without fear, and obedience to his commands are all interconnected. It starts with receiving the Son as Savior. It is here that a life of joy is experienced. So are you experiencing the love of God? Is it apparent in your love for others, the confidence of your faith, your obedience to his commands? If not, then maybe you need to receive the Son, which I'll talk about in just a moment, or you need to continue growing in your knowledge of Him. Growth is a continual experience for us all, and God is the one who grows you. You don't grow yourself, but you do have responsibility in taking the steps of growth God places in front of you. It might be a group Bible study or a one-on-one -on -one Bible study gatherings with fellow believers for fellowship and accountability, praying for and with each other. God knows exactly what you need to grow. You will always experience God's love more fully when you are taking the steps he places in front of you to grow by the power of the Holy Spirit he has given you. But if you are not receiving the love of God because you have not received his Son, I'm here to tell you, this day, that can change. Let's read what the Apostle Paul says in Romans chapter 10, verses 8 through 15, about receiving salvation. Verse 8. But what does it say? The word is near you. It is in your mouth and in your heart. That is, the message concerning faith that we proclaim. If you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. As scripture says, anyone who believes in him will not be put to shame. For there is no difference between Jew and Gentile. The same Lord is Lord of all and richly blesses all who call on him. 
for everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. How then can they call on the one they have not believed in? And how can they believe in the one whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can anyone preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. So have you heard the good news? The message concerning faith the apostles have preached and proclaimed? Has the Lord Jesus been knocking on the door of your heart? Profess your faith, declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead and you will be saved. God created us for personal relationship with him and love-centered relationships with each other. The greatest decision you can make if you have not done so is to receive the love, forgiveness, and relationship Jesus is extending to you. In order to experience the grace that brings you into relationship with God, you must be born again and profess Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Respond to his call to you today and have eternal life with Jesus Christ, the Son of God.